Invites to Apple's event next Tuesday are out, and it all but confirms the debut of the next iPhone. So what are we expecting? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is our Apple expert, Ian Sher. Welcome, Ian. Hello. So we jumped the gun a bit last time when the invites came out, and we talked a bit about the iPhone, and turned out no iPhones at all in the September event, which is highly unusual. It's the first time ever that they did a September event without an iPhone. But second time around, it's got to be the iPhone 12, right? I mean, if it's not, they're going to have a lot of trouble. You know, I remember a long time ago, there was talk about how there's expectations around various events. And I didn't know this, but there's actually a fiduciary duty that Apple and companies have when rumors get out of control on a product and people say it's imminently coming and it's not going to come. It's almost like they have to dispel the rumor just to make sure that they're okay with finance and all that because people might be buying the stock at a crazy rate based on that one rumor. And if they make an announcement but don't acknowledge it, they can't. So it's, it's actually kind of, I, I have a really strong feeling, bottom line, that it's an iPhone this time. Right. So, I mean, we ran through them last time, but let's talk about what we're expecting from the iPhone 12. For one, there's there's multiple models. There's a whole bunch of new bells and whistles, but let, let's get into it. What What are you expecting with this new family of iPhones? This new family of iPhones is going to be very similar in terms of the lineup to what we're used to, right? There's going to be kind of an entry point one, which will be somewhere around $700 or whatever it'll be. Then there'll be the normal one, which is around $1,000. And then the step up, which is the larger one for $1,100. What's going to be interesting is that there are rumors of a fourth iPhone, a quote unquote mini, which for those of you who remember the iPod mini that actually supercharged the iPod, although I don't know what supercharging an iPhone even looks like at this point. But it, it could draw even more demand and offer something between the iPhone SE and whatever this new iPhone is. But in terms of design, it's expected to look a lot like the iPad Pros. So think boxier, not as curvy. And it's supposed to have a new chip. No surprise. It'll be faster. I'm sure it'll change the world somehow. And then it's uh, the big thing otherwise is 5G. Um, that extra G is going to give us a lot faster surfing and hopefully really make a compelling argument for why people need to buy this thing. Yeah, that, that'll be the interesting one is the, the idea that... Um 5G, I mean, there's been a lot of hype. You know, I've obviously talked about it a lot on this podcast. Um, but as I sort of looked at it and I kind of looked practically, and I've asked, you know, some of the carriers about this, like, what is the main benefit of 5G when we're all stuck at home? And there isn't really a great answer. It's more like, well, you know, you'll, you'll really want it when you do go back out there. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how Apple frames the, the, the benefits and the need for 5G. Because right now, faster speeds when you're on the go, you know, better responsiveness when you're on the go. A lot of that, we're not, we're not on the go right now. So it'll be, it's, it's for me, something I've had to like kind of square away, like the benefits of all this, but also the reality that we're not really going to enjoy some of those benefits for a little while. What, you mean you don't download an entire television series while you're going out to get groceries? I mean, I used to. <laughs> you know, I, I think what's interesting is that there are surveys out there that say 
that Apple has an actual problem with 5G, which is that a stunning number of people believe they already have 5G. And a lot of this is thanks to AT&T. We've written about it on CNET, that little 5GE at the top of the phone. Uh, it's a staggering numbering of people who are just who are convinced they have 5G and they don't. So Apple has to convince them, oh, you actually don't have 5G. You want to get 5G, not 5GE which good luck with that one. And then also, the other thing that's interesting is that there's a survey that came out from Declutter just recently, that, and they're, a, they're an electronics recycler and reseller. They said that 53% of respondents plan to buy this year's iPhone. That is ridiculously high. And what's interesting is that a lot of analysts expect this to be what they call a super cycle as well. They, they're they likening it to when the iPhone 6 came out in 2014, which was huge. It was one of the big purchase points. A lot of people got that iPhone 6 or iPhone 6S. That's when a lot of people jumped in. So I'm curious to see how this is going to be that again, or whether the economy, the coronavirus, uh, you know, general just malaise about the world is going to kind of slow down Apple's role. Yeah, I, I get the sense that you know, we've looked at this, right? The impact of the coronavirus, I think that's that's really stalled consumer spending on a lot of different things. But I don't know if the phone is one of them. It may still be like one of the few items where you're willing to just spend up on because it's such a critical device because you spend so much time on it. Uh, but we'll see. Like it's... Uh, We'll see how the pricing is ranged. Uh, you know, you, you you alluded to that the rumors of a cheaper iPhone that might help as well. Um, I think the fact that it's it is going to be different. It'll look physically different. It'll be the first time in what three three generations at this point. At least, yeah. I mean, yeah. if we think the iPhone ten was twenty seventeen, right? Right. So yeah, so three years. Three years <laughs> I mean that that's that hits right about at the two to three year upgrade cycle where a lot of people just want to upgrade because their battery's not working. And so I think they're you're right, there's definitely gonna be a super cycle there. I'm really intrigued. You know, we talked about this with, with Eli Blumenthal a while back about some of the deals that might come out from the carriers, because I'm sure they'll be eager to push 5G as well. Um well, and when it comes out, the estimation is that Apple will immediately become one of the biggest 5G players out there. So, you know, this is one of the law of large numbers things, right? Just the fact that they move into the market means that. But I, I again, it's it's kind of a lot of interesting question marks that were not there in January. Definitely. The 5G aspect, again, it's uh, the other part of this is, you know, Apple has been known for controlling their experience, right? It's end to end, the software, the hardware. And for once, this feature, 5G, is like the one experience that they can't control, right? They don't have, they're not the ones figuring out how to roll out the network and how well the service runs. So the the key benefit of this new iPhone, a lot of it's gonna depend on how well Verizon's network holds up and T-Mobile and AT&T. And that right now is kind of iffy for, for a lot of these carriers. I think you'll remember that back with 4G and 3G when, you know, New York and, and San Francisco in particular just had terrible uh, service problems all over the place. I, I remember it was it was really bad. It would be block to block in New York. And it was it was sometimes even worse in San Francisco. 
And Apple would whine about it all the time. Like every event, whenever anyone talked about, you know, your service on these phones is terrible. They're like, well, not our problem. (laughs) You know, it's actually, it's really, you know, AT&T and Verizon. And by the way, it's really hard to build new towers in San Francisco. They're really hard to get them approved. So I think that, you know, if it doesn't go well, Apple's going to be pointing their finger in other directions. (laughs) Right, right. They've, They've definitely done that in the past. I'm sure they'll do it again. Uh, beyond the iPhone, what else are we expecting? Because we got a bunch of stuff last month, right? We got an iPad, two new iPads, two new Apple Watches. Uh, we, we got, um, was that it? Am I remembering getting everything? Oh, Apple, 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 Apple One, One, Apple yeah. One subscription. So we got a bunch of stuff last month. Are we, what's left? Well, um, assuming the iPhone is going to be probably the biggest thing, I think the other two interesting items that I'm going to be looking at is uh, there's Apple headphones, which are rumored. So uh, think of studio cup over ear headphones, which you might say, well, wait a minute, don't they make headphones under the Beats brand? And I would say, yes, they do. And I don't know what's going to happen to that. But um There's been a lot of patents we've written about on CNET where they have done stuff like they've come up with interesting ways to make the design lay flat, which, again, when we ever start moving around again, would be pretty cool to just toss in your bag. Uh, And there's other stuff as well where uh, apparently other headphone makers have this where they can actually figure out the position of your ear inside the cup and kind of make the audio just like just so for that stuff. And Considering the AirPods Pro have Adobe Atmos in them now, which means surround sound, it would be logical for them to do it in the cups, the the headphones as well. So that would be interesting. I don't know whether it'll sell well. If you look at other headphone stuff they've done, the AirPods are are going gangbusters, but the HomePod is a debatable subject. We don't hear about it a lot, which is usually a sign that they don't want to talk about it. Uh, And then the other product is the computer, right? They said that they're going to have an Apple Silicon computer out by the end of the year. The first non-Intel computer in a long, long, long time. And I'm really curious to see what they do. Last time when they made this transition from, uh, from IBM PowerPCs, to Intel, they created the MacBook Pro. We went from the PowerBook, which was a pretty good design, to the MacBook Pro, which had the magnetic power adapter. It had the the camera in the screen. That was the first time they did that in that thing. A lot of different changes they made that really got people's attention. And I'm curious what they'll do for this one. I, I hope that they'll they'll do some new stuff for the laptops, particularly a magnetic power adapter. If you're listening, Tim Cook, I, I'm really I'm still bothered by that. And then um, there's also the possibility maybe of an iMac or a, a Mac Mini, something that has this chip in it to show, hey, this is going to be really awesome. And, and we want to start seeing how successful this thing will be. Right. And then there's the long rumored AirTags as well, uh, which, you know, may or may not come. I feel like they're rumored at every single event, but um, kind of throw them in there. Uh, you did mention the HomePod. I will say there there were reports about Apple removing you know Sonos equipment from its retail stores as well as Bose equipments, which which led to some speculation that maybe they were ready to present a new, as you said the the studio headphones, AirPods Studio headphones, uh, or, as well as maybe an update to the HomePod, which, as you rightly note, hasn't really gotten a lot of attention. They don't talk about it that much, um, at least from the sort of outside data we've seen. The sales have not been that great. Um, but you know, at this point, like, does Apple sort of 
keep going and double down and, and invest more into a new model? Or do they just sort of like let this product go away? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it, part of this, I think, is the criminology of Apple, right? Like what, what do they think and how do they think it? And one of the things I find fascinating about them, you may remember if you go back way back machine, they had a thing called iPod Hi-Fi, which was to compete against all of the Bose sound docks and everything. And it was a really good device. It got good reviews, but it was too expensive. And the HomePod similarly gets great reviews, but it's considered to be too expensive. And Amazon has just completely undercut them in terms of the performance for every dollar that you get. And I think that the, the question Apple has to answer this time around, if they're going to keep this thing going, is to make it compelling enough that it's going to be worth buying this thing instead of the Sonos or instead of. And the thing about Amazon is that a lot of people, including myself in my home, it's bought including the other stuff. I have my old stereo and I have some of Amazon stuff. And that, that's hard for Apple. I think they really, that's where they got themselves in a bind was that they actually are competing against the home stereo I already have versus adding to it. Gotcha. Well, there's lots, uh, lots to speculate. Any other surprises or anything else that uh, you're expecting from that event? You know, I, I think that the only other thing that I would be looking for is that there is the long-rumored headphones, uh, sorry, uh, glasses, right? The AR glasses. I don't expect it at all, but we've heard so many people now talk about these things and we had seen it have reported on them. And we've heard so many things about what the future looks like. And Facebook makes all this big deal about it. Microsoft makes this big deal about it. And Apple has in the past shown off a device up to six, seven months before it's released. So maybe they could tease the future, but we'll see. Well, thanks, Ian. You can read all of our Apple coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions about what's coming up, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge. And we'll try something new. If you'd like to receive direct text messages from me, go to joinsubtext.com slash The Daily Charge to sign up. And also, please subscribe and rate the show. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.